Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today. If you're enjoying this podcast, I want to encourage you to share it with others. Help share the word so we can share the word to others. Subscribe to my podcast. Share it on social media. It's a huge help to get the word out there. And now speaking of the word, let's dive into it. Last week, we talked about the truth of situations and how do we know the truth. And that's the key to having victory in our battles is coming from that place of God's truth. And last week, I pointed out that uh, we have to fight with the full armor of God on. And the very first piece of armor that we put on is that belt of truth. And the reason we were talking about all that is because the Lord gave me a scripture for this year, and it's in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, where Paul is talking, and he says that a wide door, a great door for effective work, effectual work, has been opened, and there are many adversaries. And so we're preparing for that. We're understanding that a wide door is being opened to us and that it's going to be effective, but there are going to be many adversaries. So we have to have that armor of God on. We have to have that belt of truth on. That Paul is talking to the Corinthian people in this chapter 16, in this verse nine, this is just about the end of the book of 1 Corinthians. So these are coming down to his last words in his address. Three more verses down and he's saying final instructions. So this is something very important he wants us to know because he wants us to prepare, right? Final words have a lot of weight to them. So we have to understand that when a great, wide, effectual door opens to us, there are going to be many adversaries. Is that something we fear? No, fear not. I think I might have said this last week, but over 300 times in the Bible, We're told to be strong and courageous. We're told not to fear. So to me, that's like emphasis added. Fear not. If we know we're going through the door God has told us to go through, we should have no fear. So I want to continue on in that today. And I want, if you happen to have your Bibles handy, turn to Psalm 27. If not, that's fine. If you're driving down the road, whatever, I have, I'm going to refer to all the scripture here. So that works too. But I just want us to turn our attention to Psalm 27 for a moment. It starts out in verse one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Like what, what could possibly, if truly the Lord is my light and truly the Lord is my salvation, what can deter me? What can cause me to shrink back in fear? Absolutely nothing. It goes on to say, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? What should I be afraid of? If, if, these are big ifs that we have to make sure we're not letting pass us by. If the Lord is the stronghold of my life, 
If the Lord is my light and my salvation, I will not be in fear. And by the way, when he's talking about the Lord being the stronghold of his life, he's saying he genuinely believes the Lord is his defense. The Lord is his defender. God's got it. I don't have to worry about it because God's got it. It goes on to say in Psalm 27, verse 2, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries, my adversaries, remember we talked, there'll be many, and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. That's some powerful stuff right there. Don't It's them who's going to trip up. They're actually going to end up hurting themselves. Verse three, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise against me, yet I will be confident. I'll be confident. One thing, verse four, have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after? that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is a key right here. You can't miss. I can't miss. This is our answer. Be in the presence of the Lord. He's got us. That's the, that should be the focus, the first thing. That's the thing we seek. That's the thing we go after. We understand he's our defense. We understand he's our light. He's truly our salvation. We rest in this. We trust in this. We hear his truth. We come from that place. Nothing will cause us to be anxious. Nothing will cause us to be fearful. We won't be afraid. The adversaries will stumble and fall on their own. I want to be in the presence of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. Verse five, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. So good. We should fear nothing in the place that God tells us to go, in the thing that God tells us to say. I want to emphasize that. We can't just go around doing whatever we want to do, wherever we want to do it, and saying God's got our back. No, when he tells us, this door's for you, step through it now, then he's got you. There's no reason to fear. We've got whatever comes our way because we have sought the Lord. And we have sought his presence. There's reasoning to it. You hear me say this all the time. God has his part, but we certainly have our part. And that's where I think, myself included, we've missed it at times. We get frustrated waiting for God to do his part. And the truth is, he's waiting for us to do our part. We both have a portion. We've got this because God's got this. Don't miss that. We've got this. Because God's got this and God's got us and he told us to go and we responded in obedience and he's going before us. Like I talked about in the month of January, he's already gone where we're going and then he's come back and walking with us to get there. That visual is so powerful. It will cause us, right, to leap over a wall, to conquer a troop. Whatever it is that we're called to do, God has already gone there and now he's walking with us to get us there. So powerful. If our focus is on the Lord and seeking him instead of on our difficulties and how we can solve them, then he covers us. And at the same time, he lifts us above the evildoers. 
above their plans. In other words, what should have, what could have taken us out emotionally, taken us out physically, taken us out spiritually, right, will not have the same impact that it could have had because not only does God protect us, not only is he our defense, remember, our stronghold, not only is he that, but he deals with the evildoers, says it in verse two. It is they who stumble and fall. By the way, what is an evildoer? What's the definition of that? Just so we understand, because sometimes I think we have that as this bad, horrible person, but truthfully, an evildoer is anyone who is not doing God's will. Now, that's a little hard to embrace at times because we might see somebody that's a good person, but they're not doing God's will. Like it's, it's one or the other. You're either in God's will or you're not. See, we see a lot more gray area than God sees. You're either sinning or you're not. There's no gray area. You're either in his will or you're not. That door was opened by God or it was not. It's one or the other. So an evildoer is anyone who is not doing God's will. And I know that sounds harsh, but the truth of the matter is there's no gray with God. It's either evil in his eyes or it's good in his eyes. It's one of those. Let's continue on in Psalm 27, back at verse six. And now, now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So we can't genuinely be singing shouts of joy if we're in fear, if we're afraid, if we're trembling, right? We can't do both. So either the Lord is our light and our salvation and our defense, and we are singing with shouts of joy because we know God has us. Because we are in the truth, coming from that perspective of God's truth, we can stand and stand therefore, right? He's going to hide us. He will conceal us under the cover of his tent and lift us high upon a rock, verse five says. And then six says, he's lifting us above our, all around us. David, this is David, and he's being swarmed here. But what does he choose to do? He chooses to go to the tent and give sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I love that it says sacrifices because it's a, I mean, it. all of us have been in the middle of very, very difficult times. Not one of us has not been in a difficult season of life. So we know when we're in that difficult season, when our heart is torn in two from whatever the source is, but we can still give a shout of joy, that is a sacrifice unto the Lord. I promise you, when you're in the midst of it, when your heart's breaking, when you're crushed inside because of whatever it is, because of could be grief, could be rejection, could be uh, hurt from a very close person in your life, abandonment, I mean, the list goes on and on. And you come from that place and you sing to the Lord from that place? That is so powerful. It's healing to us. It's empowerment to us. It breaks off chains that aren't supposed to be around us. And then 
It causes, I promise you people are watching, it causes everyone watching you to turn and say, what's going on over here? And more important than that, it causes God to stand up. Can you imagine God standing up on your behalf? I mean, Jesus stood up for Stephen, right? In Acts chapter 7, <laughs> it's so powerful. Why did he do that? Because Stephen chose to worship the Lord regardless. He was genuinely in a place of sacrifice with shouts of joy. He was singing unto the Lord, right? Verse 7 of Psalm 27, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud and be gracious to me and answer me. Now, we, it's interesting because Stephen goes on to death, but yet he's still victorious. Acts chapter 7 at about verse 54, this is when this is when Stephen starts getting stoned because why he's doing what God told him to do. He's preaching the truth. He's preaching the gospel. And it says, starting at verse 54, now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, being Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, you have to be full of the Holy Spirit. How are you full of the Holy Spirit? You remain in God's presence. You do what the beginning of Psalms 27 said. You seek the one thing I have asked the Lord, one thing I seek after, that I can dwell in the house of the Lord. When you're dwelling in God's presence, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where Stephen was. That's how you withstand the attacks. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you the truth you need to see at your most desperate point. So full of the Holy Spirit, I'm in Acts 7, verse 55. He gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of, at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. That's so powerful. Why do we know that's different than how things normally are? How do we know? So he saw God standing, like Jesus standing, same thing really, but technically it says Jesus. He saw Jesus standing. I believe that in that moment, the follow through, the obedience, Stephen remaining in the Holy Spirit, Stephen knowing, so it says here, he looked up. Stephen looked to the Lord. He didn't look down at the ground. He didn't cover his head and cower and put his face in the sand when he was getting stoned. That would probably be the natural reaction. So think about this, him on his knees, try and picture it visually. He, it says he gazed upward, the translation I'm reading. He looks up to the heavens. Wow, while they're stoning him. So his face is exposed. He's putting himself in a more harmful place. He's looking up to the heavens. He's not covering his face. He's not cowering. He's not shrinking back. And as a result of that, he sees Jesus standing. We have a lot of scripture verse that tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? And go on and on about them, right? Hebrews 12, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross for us, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Luke 22, but from now on, 
the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power from now on. But yet, Stephen sees him standing. It was the posture of Stephen's heart that caused Jesus to stand up on his behalf. And think about how that lines up with Psalm 27, verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices, shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear me when I cry out loud. Be gracious to me. Answer me. You have said, this is David speaking, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. It comes down to the heart. It always comes down to the heart. What's the posture of our heart? Are we cowering with our face in the sand, covering our head when our adversaries and our foes are all around us? Or are we taking our head and gazing up to the Lord because that's where our help comes from? That's what causes us to fear not. That what causes us to say, who who should I be afraid of? If God's for me, who can be against me? When we know that we're seeking the face of God and God knows our heart is seeking his face. If we ask God, he will lead us in all areas, all areas. If you continue on in Psalm 26, verse 11, David saying, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. So we gotta know that we know when we're dealing with adversaries. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, verse 12. For false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Abundant living right now in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. If, and I wanna wanna end with this. If we ask God, if we make him our light and our salvation, if he's the true stronghold and defense of our life, if we gaze upon him in the middle of majorly difficult circumstances, he will lead us on the path. He will teach us his ways. We can, as we seek God's presence with our hearts, see his goodness in the here and now. It's so powerful and it's such keys. We have nothing to fear. We've got this because God has us. 